In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Faye. What's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty decent. We have a fun week I'm, this week. I'm not really good. I just saw the first mouse in my new house, so I'm that freaking right. out a little bit. Ah, you'll get it taken care of. Also joining us from up north, our RCMP, JLB. What's going on, man? It goes, it goes, it goes. Uh, not much, man. You know, still doing the same old, same old. Vaccines are here, so uh, maybe in a year we'll stop practicing social distancing and stop wearing the masks. Only within a year, though, so we have a while to go. Keep at it, everyone. I believe in you. But aside from that, I'm doing good, bud. Can't complain. I can, but no one's going to listen, so I can't complain. So uh, so everyone knows Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network, so make sure to head over to tatnusco.com, check out the other shows on the network. Um, if you are new to this particular show, the FBI show, the premise is simple. We're going to take turns challenging the others to book some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We don't discuss them in advance, so it's entirely off the cuff. Um, I would like to remind everyone to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast while you're uh, fresh here. Click that button on whatever podcast app you use to like or share or subscribe and send it out to all your friends because that's the best way for us to grow and continue to provide you with great content. But let's get into fantasy booking. I know I went first last time, so I'm going to give the others the option to go first should they choose. Oh, I, I think that a perfect person to go first is the person who wasn't here last time. Oh, Jesus. So, what's up, JLB420? Real <laughs> Talk Radio is the brand. <laughs> uh, at least you know it. Um, yeah, so I'll go first. Um, and uh, mine is going to be quite interesting. So, if you... I would like... So, we all know that the man is back... He is no longer WWE talent. He is now in AEW. Sting himself. We know now that he is signed to a multi-year deal. So instead of being a manager, because that's lame, and that's most likely what he's going to do, um, if you are Tony Khan at this point, and I would like you to book Sting's first real feud in AEW. Who is it with? And uh, how does it end? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I don't think Sting has a feud in AEW in the traditional sense. I do think Taz puts him in the Taz mission at some point, and I think, and I think he puts Sting or he puts Taz in the Scorpion Deathlock, pending that he can get those tiny little legs wrapped around his leg. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking it. Yeah, Ta Taz's legs are fucking tiny. Really There's our one per. So. Um, that's what I'm. I, I think the the real feud here comes in him joining with Darby. Uh, Darby not really being a true member of the Nightmare Family. 
And I think he's leading Darby to some type of championship. In fact, it'd be really cool if Darby was the one who took it, took the championship off of Brian Cage. But right now, it's on Kenny Omega, so that's probably a year's worth of booking um, before that would happen. So um, I don't know that he has an actual physical feud, an actual match. Um, if he does, it's probably you know Taz or or somebody who can work safe with him. And I think a submission specialist is always a good way to go safe. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Taz is the, is the obvious choice for a feud. I think a lot of people would have thought Arn uh, was the obvious choice, but I don't know that Arn is. I think Taz is a better choice there. Well, in Arn, I don't feel like he, but I'm saying it's not a managerial role. Taz. Okay. So hypothetically, how would you book a him and Taz feud? Uh, Darby Allen versus the rest of Taz's crew. That's the whole thing. So you're saying he definitely mentors Darby for sure. Yeah, I mean that face-to-face look with Darby was. Yeah, that's what they're. It. Yeah, it would be silly not to do that. Mm-hmm. All right, fair. That was very short and sweet, somewhat lame, but I'll accept it. <laughs> well, I well, hope yeah. it was lame enough that you're about to hear Smarks try and figure out a different one but really actually agree with that's probably where this is going. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, I got to be I got to be wow. frank with you. If you thought that was lame and 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 everything you're probably not going to be happy with mine either. Um <laughs> here here's the deal. Uh we have to approach this logically with Sting right now. Sting is 61 years old. Oh wow. He is not going to be taking bumps. At least not any major bumps. It if we're lucky, he'll wrestle in a few tag team matches uh, where he'll get to come in, clean house for a bit, and then tag out, and the other person take all the majority of the bumps. Um, that's just the the reality of having a 61-year-old wrestler. Um, not saying that 61-year-olds can't do it, because how old was Undertaker when he wrestled his last match? Um, <laughs> with Flair? Yeah. So, And Flair at 61 wrestled with... Um... Mick Foley in a freaking crazy hardcore matchup. So, mm-hmm. you know. So, so I'm he can, but however, keep in mind that Flair um, did not have a history of spinal stenosis um, and had not been uh, out of wrestling for five years mm. because of a, a neck injury, which Sting has said uh, previously that he's had doctors clear him. He could come back to wrestling if if he wanted to. This was like two years ago he said this, right? Oh, wow. But that, okay. but that WWE wouldn't let him. And that he, at the time, wasn't sure he wanted. Right. So, so we've got to, you know, keep this in mind that Sting is not going to be a full-time wrestler in any way, shape, or form. What he can do, however, is bring a lot in terms of charisma and management, too. Which is why the talk of him managing Darby Allen is, is the big thing. AEW has shown that they really like the idea of using these legends in non-wrestling roles, both on-screen and off-screen. If you look at AEW's backstage talent, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're bookers, uh, their um, talent relations, you know, all of these things. It's a lot of wrestlers that are now what you would call retired, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they make a really big use out of those. Uh, and I have a feeling 
they will do the same with uh with sting he'll probably be on screen uh so i'm gonna assume a manager role like arn anderson um arn anderson has taken a few bumps but arn anderson is a really good uh uh, analogy for this because Arn Anderson had to retire due to neck injury um, and so for him to to be there as a manager that really kind of shows where they're probably going with Sting uh, you know Arn Anderson, Jake Roberts Taz, Tully Blanchard even Vicky Guerrero these are all people who are not what you would call bump taker but they're all legends in their own respect and they're all going to um, add to the storylines. But you know, backstage, um, the senior producer and coach is Dean Malenko, right? Jerry Lynn is one of their coaches backstage. Um, you know, uh, uh, Christopher Daniels is their talent relation, and he still wrestles, but he's let's be honest, towards the tail end of his his career. Um, and that's where I think they're probably going to go with with uh, with Sting as some sort of manager, on-screen manager. Um, it's really interesting to me that they've got Arn, they've got Tully, and they now have Sting. They've got three former Four Horsemen members, although Sting is kind of tenuous on this whole thing. Um, I don't think they're going to necessarily reform the Four Horsemen with them, but can you imagine if they had four four horsemen stables so you've got arn with the nightmare family the nightmare collective i think they're calling it um you know uh which is cody's friends um you've got tully with uh, ftr and theoretically bringing some people into that i think it's something where sting could create a stable of his own but in reality you know da fame's right uh sting's gonna be uh Darby's manager. That's what he's going to be. Um, and they've obviously set that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would like to see him be a little bit more personally, a little bit less tied down to one person and more. He's the guy who comes and helps the underdog sort of a character. Um, I could also see them uh, turning him into some sort of enforcer sort of role where he's like, we've seen a lot of heel tactics without using the word heel we've seen a lot of bad guys doing bad stuff so we brought this guy in to to keep the peace around here but in reality he's like i said we're gonna be lucky if he gets a couple matches where he's in a tag team in fact i would anticipate probably his first tag team match is going to be uh a three-on-three six-man tag with uh members of uh the ftw team team taz versus sting Darby Allen and probably Cody in a in a three on three. Um, that just makes the most sense to me there. And so Sting will come in. He'll do a couple Stinger splashes in the corner. He'll lock someone into a Scorpion Death Lock for a bit, and then he'll tag out. And then Darby Allen will come in and do a bunch of crazy stuff and cough and drop someone and pin them. You know, um, would I like to see him do more? Yes, but I would also like for him to be about fifteen years younger. You know, that's not going to happen. Um, are there other people I would probably prefer him with than Darby Allen? Maybe. I think Darby Allen's gotten over enough on his own. And while I get the idea with the face paint and, and the outsider gimmick with Darby Allen, where he's not quite a member of, of the team, I I just don't think Darby needs Sting, right? 
Whereas I think there are other wrestlers that could use Sting better. Um, yeah. uh, fr- frankly, the the storyline that I think could be the best use of Sting is one that they haven't hinted at at all um, with him being involved, but that's Hangman Page. Mm, um, if, if we're talking about Hangman Page as a potential future for the the main event, right? Which I think pretty much everyone believes he is, um, at least at some point in the future, going to be one of the big stars there. Um, he's going to be the face of, of a promotion, which Sting has experience being. He also is the one who's been turned on by his friends which who in the world of professional wrestling has been turned on by his friends more than the most gullible man in all of sports entertainment state. <laughs> uh, and so who could benefit the most from his tutelage? That's me. Well, Hangman already done messed up because FTR and so on. So <laughs> they, they he's already messed up there. Yep. Um, well, and right now, and maybe they're going to hint to this down the road. Right now, they're telling a big storyline with Hangman Page and the Dark Order. With the Dark Order trying to recruit him, um, trying really, really hard. They did a lot on uh, being the elite this week of them trying to recruit him and him, you know, maybe not being all the way in it. So that's where I think, you know, Sting can be the guardian angel, the, um, the, the angel that swoops in and helps put hangman page back on the right path um helps him quit with the boozing as much um and turn his his career around in ways that he can't seem to do by himself um so if i were booking things that'd be the way i'd probably go is hangman page have him be a mentor to hangman page um it seems a little unorthodox when you first look at it because i get why people talk darby allen they have very similar looks in certain respects but when you really talk about it if you look at sting's career his history pre-crow sting sting was the flamboyant outspoken charismatic guy um sting was the guy who to use uh hangman page's vernacular sting would do cowboy shit uh and that would make a whole lot of sense for me for for sting to be involved with that um, you know, showing, hey, you can be charismatic, you can be this powerhouse guy. I mean, you gotta remember, before Sting was a wrestler, he was a bodybuilder. Um, he's a fitness guy. And so helping Hangman, you know, beef up a bit to be more fit for the main event, uh, helping him with his charisma, all of that stuff, I think that would be a great use for him there. And then, having him eventually rejoin the Elite, mend mend the bridges with the young bucks because for, you know if you go back to original surfer sting he does have a lot in common in just terms of appearances with the young bucks a lot of neon a lot of flashiness all of this stuff here so i think uh, a young bucks and hangman elite with no kenny omega and no cody rhodes involved in it could be a lot of fun hmm. well there you go well, guys, you know, I I said it was fantasy booking for a reason. I said, book me a wrestling match. I just didn't realize your favorite type of potatoes was lame Because, guys, you were being a bunch of lame potatoes with your picks. But I'm Canadian. I'm sorry that you're a lame right. uh Okay, okay. I'm, I'll, I'll book you a match. 
Uh, Sting goes in against, I don't know, who's someone they want to make a big star? Um, Will Hobbs. Sting goes in against Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs throws him into a turnbuckle, breaks his neck, and then Sting's dead. Oh, that's a little dark? Yeah, it is, because Sting's 61 years old, and expecting him to pull off a five-star match right now is is expecting too much. So, I yeah, we can talk about being Labo all you want, but... We still have to remember he's 61 years old. Now, if you'd have worded it, Sting is now an AEW book time travel Sting from 1996 in AEW, I could have had all sorts of fun with it. But Sting's 61 right now, and so there's no chance he's going to be in any real feud. But um, All right. So apparently Smarks' favorite type of potato chip is semantics because he's playing semantics with me right now and can't use his creative brain to make sure there's no injuries. It's all right. It's all right. I'll accept well, it. I had a creative one with Taz. Sting's not going to win the world title. Are you wanting the world title on Sting? Yeah. Are you wanting us to book a six-month feud with someone where he wrestles a dozen matches at 61 years old? This isn't about semantics. This is about reality. He's... He's healthy enough, I suppose, if he just did a scorpion death drop 11 times yeah. and then took a really gentle V-trigger. Yeah. World's gentlest V-trigger to lose the match. <laughs> uh, but, the, the, I mean, here's the deal. This is the question I pose to you. Mm. Is there any sort of long-term feud that a 61-year-old in current wrestling would do that you would be happy with the work rate of would you be happy with a 61 year old flair in modern professional wrestling i don't know that match, versus, uh... that match versus mick foley was pretty awesome it was a spot fest mind you but it was still pretty freaking awesome so and work and I, I i could imagine seeing someone who's very protective in the ring that might tell a good story cody versus sting I think that could legitimately be a decent match without anyone getting hurt um, because they're both great storytellers. You also just have the story, I knew your father, blah, 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 back in WCW, blah, blah, blah. Cody's a heel now, so it can work no problem. You know, they, they could they could have built something there, I feel, or they could still possibly, I guess. And I think Cody is very protective in the ring he knows what he's doing uh he tells great stories and sting is along those same lines i don't think he's gonna be young buck status here and kenny omega and do flip they do's and take you know john moxley power bombs to the tables um but you can still do a decent wrestling match and I think he could possibly do one with cody and i think it would be a genuine classic old school type of match it's not going to be, uh, I don't know, it's it's not going to be, you know, an unsanctioned crazy matchup there. But a kid still technically, we've seen many 60-year-olds wrestle decently. And I say that, and I'm only having flair in my mind, but I'm sure there were others. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and, and suggest it's not going to be a barn burner, which is what you're expecting us to book. So... Why don't you bar- book your own barn burner here? Tell us, tell us what it is that that. Because here's the deal. number one. I take issue with you saying Cody's a heel right now because he just wrestled last week on Winter Is Coming as a face with Darby Allen versus the heel group. Um, so there's that. 
Um, number two, I still say from a work rate standpoint that I don't think you or anyone else would be happy with any sort of long-term storytelling of Sting wrestling mini matches. And and this is about managing expectations. I love Sting. I've said it before. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. I am sitting here in a room that has a, a four-pack of Sting action figures unopened in box right now. Um, I've got more Sting Funko Pops than I have of almost any other uh, wrestler uh, out there. The only one I, I recently, my wife gave me another Finn Balor. So that puts him up there too. Because um, I've got a Demon Finn and a regular Finn now. Oh, look at but, you but, uh, but I I just, I don't see any like real, in the era of work rate that we have now, when you've got a match on Dynamite, coming up that's going to be Pac versus someone from uh, Eddie uh, Kingston's family, which one, we don't know, but Pac's going to wrestle one of those people, Butcher, Blade, whoever. Um, that's going to happen here soon. You're going to have uh, uh, John Moxley coming back to try to take on uh, Kenny Omega again. You're going to have Kenny Omega wrestling matches. In an era with Kenny Omega wrestling on a show, as well as people who are constantly good, like Sammy Guevara is phenomenal in the ring, uh, the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, FTR, you know, I, I don't see Sting being able to put on the sort of work rate that would make anyone happy. And I love him to death. I just... I want to, this is all about managing expectations, I think, to me. But yes, book what you would do with a 61-year-old man that you think would make people happy. I technically just did um, with doing something with Cody. But guys, this is the whole beauty about me throwing this to you. I don't have to book it. You know why? <laughs> so, guys, have fun with your lame potatoes while I go over here and have my commercial brand chips. Thank you. You're welcome. And on to the next challenge. So before we move on to the next challenge, I'm just going <laughs> to send a shout out, uh, throw it out to the, the jury out there, the people listening. <laughs> um, because... Because I, I want to literally know what people listening are thinking about this. Were DA Fabe and I being lame potatoes uh, by, by saying this? Or were we being at least a little bit realistic on fantasy booking and saying, listen, if you, if you had told us to book classic Sting in AEW, we would have had all sorts of fun with it. But you told us to book it as if it's right now. What would we do? And we wouldn't risk the livelihood of a 61-year-old man for no good reason. So let us know what you guys think. You can hit me up at Raw and Order WBU on Twitter or on Facebook. You can find us at Raw and Order WBU um, or TikTok uh, under the same name or whatever. Or you can just send us an email, Raw and Order WBU at gmail.com. Just let us know what you think. Guys, if you agree with me, all you have to say is hashtag Lamo Potato. That's all you have to write. You don't have to make a big spiel about it. And send it to uh, send it at Raw and Order WBU, 
and I will be satisfied. I don't need a big spiel. You don't need to prove that I'm right. Just hashtag Lamo Potato, and that will tell me all I need to know that my two fellow compadres over here, my co-hosts, my partners in crimes, are in fact great human beings. But sometimes, just sometimes, they can certainly be Lamo Potatoes. All right, so I'm going to throw in one last pipe for all the WBU people. If you think Lamo Potato is the stupidest fucking thing you've ever heard, <laughs> go ahead and throw that at DA Vincent K. Fabe and just say, yep, stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, and uh, I'll actually get on Twitter for that and, uh, and uh, forward those on because Lamo Potato is the dumbest fucking statement ever. We just went from PG from G to PG with Smarks and from PG to fucking R <laughs> in <laughs> one phrase. And I've already put hashtag Lamo Potatoes on uh, my list of potential t-shirt designs. There we go. <laughs> uh, well, because I know Smarks pretty well um, on this, I'll be happy to go second. Because I'm pretty sure Smarks is going to do damn near a G1 Summit with all the uh, uh, the brands that, that could potentially be part of it now that there's a crossover. You think you uh, know me so well, but you do not, so... Do you uh, want to go? I mean, I can take I, the no, I, I can totally go. I'm just telling you that it's not going to be a, a necessarily a big crossover. Uh, I was uh, going to do a tournament, so you, you decide. Nope. You can go ahead and do a tournament. We'll do it. Okay. So we have a tournament. First round is a Survivor Series match. Um, you're going to pick four brands. Yes, you can separate Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Impact, uh, AAA, um, New Japan Pro. You pick your brands. Um, the, the first round is Survivor Series matches head-to-head. The second round is a War Games match. Or blood and guts, or whatever you want to call it. Um, so you have an elimination style tag to get into the finals, and in the finals, it's a war games match. Um, and you're gonna book four different brands against each other. And I know we don't like brand versus brand, but I think as a pay per view, wow, fire! So um, do it. Okay, so just to make sure I'm clear clear on this. Four different brands all competing in one pay-per-view that starts yep. off with Survivor Series matches and ends with a War Games, correct? Correct. And the, so, the brands so can be... You're going to do four wars for the Survivor Series, so you have a true War Games match. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so we're going to start off with two separate Survivor Series matches. Correct. And the winners of those face off in War Games. And then uh, to also clarify, the brands can be any brands, correct? Correct. You can have you can have New Japan Pro versus A-Dubs if you want. Okay. So give me one second here because I, I am setting up just for my own sake uh, a spreadsheet so that I can keep track of what I do. Okay. Do and I'll let you two choose together. Do you want to do a draft version where your brands compete against each other, or you each want to book your own? Um, I'm fine with booking our own. Okay. Um, but I'll I'll let Lamo Potatoes decide. Yeah, Lamo <laughs> Potatoes decide if he would rather face off with me. Uh, 
<laughs> no, I'm down to do a face-off. Okay, so you want to do just one booking face-off. Okay. Yep, so we're going to do... Um, each of you picks your own brand for the first match. Each of you picks your own brand for the second match. You do have to hash out who wins those. And then the finals, you guys hash out how that wins in the war games. Go. <laughs> okay. So I don't care who goes first. Well, I'm going to go first for... Um... You're grabbing AEWs. I can feel it already. Yes. You better believe I'm grabbing AEWs. <laughs> so for the first match, my team is AEW. It is going to be, I'm pulling up the full roster right now because I want to make sure I choose the right people. Um, Team AEW is going to be headlined by their current champion, Kenny Omega. We are going to have, um, going to have Cody because he's the face of uh, AEW in most respects. So, um, you know what? I might actually even just uh, make this really easy for me. Team AEW is uh, based on their name, The Elite. Oh, wow. So we got Omega, Cody, Young Bucks. Oh, it's true. It's only four. Yeah, valid. Yeah. Um, okay. And so I technically can only pick a federation. So it'd be just WWE, right? So I can pick anyone who I want in WWE? Oh, no. You are picking a brand. Right. Okay. So you could pick Impact or New Japan Pro or Ring of Honor. Could he also pick AEW? No. 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 So AEW's one, been picked. But the next round, he's going to get to pick first, so yeah. you can kind of you can use his schlub one here, or and then you know if he feels NXT is the second strongest brand, he can throw NXT on the other one and he prevent you from getting that or Impact or whatever. Yep. Uh, okay, we have two more matches there, right? So, hmm. I would kind of like to see an All Elite versus Undisputed Era, um, but I'm not sure. I think that would be a phenomenal match, actually. My God, you're going to throw both of the best brands against each other right off the bat. Yeah. I know. That's why I kind of don't want to, and I can't believe this is technically the first match, because All Elite would technically be headlining. Uh, that Undisputed Era versus All Elite would technically be, like, the headline of the pay-per-view or event. Um but that would be a phenomenal match. So if you're already going to put all elite in there and Omega is Omega and Cody are already starting up the card, then I guess we're going in with a bang and having undisputed era against them. Oh, I would have saved that for my other team. I would have put that in war games. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they're not. Oh shit. I thought we were doing all war games. Nope, they're all the first rounds are Survivor Series matches, so elimination. Because this is team, this is team wrestling season, according to uh, uh, Finn Balor. Yes. <laughs> oh snap! Okay. Oh uh, damn! I was thinking War Games. That's why I was all like, "Oh, that's you lose guys like Moxley when you take all elite. You lose guys like um, uh, Finn Balor if you take the Undisputed Era. Not that that's a bad move." It prevents me from throwing in. This person turns on everybody when you do stuff like that. <laughs> so, well, with the elite, you still could do someone turns on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, because Kenny Omega just did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I'll I'll point out the elite have their roots in Bullet Club, and Bullet Club famously kicked their first leader in the head, uh, Prince Debit, when he left to go to WWE. So. Yeah, that would be an interesting story to tell there. A final 
conclusion to a good portion of the Bullet Club. Because Carl's, Carl Anderson and Thing were, were they part of the Bullet Club in our, no, they were just in uh, New Japan, right? Um, yeah, they, they, they were so- New Japan and Ring of Honor Bullet Club, so. Okay. Okay, yeah, so that would be a crazy story. To, well, Carl and Thing aren't in it, but a good chunk of them are. Well, technically just Kenny and Finn. Kenny, okay. Finn, um, uh, you know. Oh, Cody. Um, Cody, tech, no, was he? Co- Cody was in it. AJ Styles was the leader after Finn left. Um, Cody was the leader. <laughs> There's a lot of them. But anyways, here, get to booking your your match. Come on. Fair. So now it's the War Games? Uh, nope, we, we've, we've, we've got another Survivor Series. So you booked uh, the Elite versus Undisputed Era for the first one. Now we are booking the other Survivor Series and the winner of these Survivor Series face off in War Games. Oh, okay. Um, so mm, I got to pull up the roster. Hold on. Just making sure. Okay. So, damn it. Just give me a list. I'll call Chris real quick, see if he's got a list for you. <laughs> So, since AJ likes being the leader of teams, I'm going with the Rob brand, and AJ Styles will be once again your team leader. Um, he will also be he will also be accompanied by uh, the Hardy Bros. <laughs> no, he's on SmackDown now, huh? Yeah, uh, no, Jeff Hardy's he's... on Raw, but it's just one hey, Jeff Hardy. You can only use Jeff. Oh, oh, you want you want the Hardy Bros, so Matt Riddle as well. Matt Riddle as well. That's what I mean. Okay. So, but wait, but what, that was on Smack. No, that was on Raw. No, that was on Raw. Yeah, okay, that was on Raw. Um, and I just don't know. There we go. Finally, a no, not even a decent list. Oh, <sighs> Quit your huffing and puffing, lame potato. There we go. This moment of silence brought to you by the library. <laughs> there we have it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we're uh. I, I guess it's, uh, yeah, it's going to have to be Keith Lee. Okay, so we have uh, Hardy Bros. Hardy Bros, Keith Lee, and AJ Styles. Yes. Which, if I'm not mistaken, everyone there except Hardy and AJ have been in a War Games, right? Keith Lee was in a War Games, and Riddle, I feel like, what? No. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Two years Maybe ago. Not. Maybe not. He might not have been. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, I bet I'll be having so much fun. <laughs> oh, here, uh, New Japan pick, bro, folks. Here indeed becomes New Japan pick. <laughs> uh, but you're gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh so hard at my New Japan picks. Okay. Uh, representing. <laughs> sorry, I can't even make. Representing New Japan Pro, their current. U.S. champion John Moxley. You bastard. <laughs> uh, they're they're also still technically on their active roster. Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm having too much fun with this. His cave uh, name is not Smarks for no reason, folks. <laughs> nope. Uh, but I'm also thinking about this from a standpoint of future booking in this storyline um your your team makes it both times well potentially i i'm i'm just looking we're still gonna have that debate so i'm not saying that that's necessarily uh, a thing but uh i'm thinking if if that happens what's gonna be the funner 
the more fun uh, thing in the end. And so there there was part of me that really wanted to go with Kazuchika Kata and uh, Kota Ibushi. That's where I thought you were going. Um, which would be a ton of fun uh, because I mean, they'd be, you know, they have a lot of storylines with Omega and with Cody and all of this stuff to go on. But I also think that... Um, there's a, a whole lot of fun to be thought about from the standpoint that aside from uh, on even even with the the match that they'd be going into first the first survivor series match it's effectively two singles wrestlers and the tag team right so i had the elite which is omega omega cody as singles wrestlers and the bucks as the tag team undisputed era is cole and roddy as the singles wrestlers and Fish and O'Reilly as the tag team. Um, Styles and Keith Lee as the singles wrestlers and the Hardy Bros as the tag team. So I'm thinking including the same sort of thing, two singles wrestlers and a tag team uh, is the way to go. So now I've just got a debate on what's what's the established tag team that I think would be the most fun. And... Um, is the Good Brothers technically an NJPW active roster still? They are currently not. Oh. Um, <laughs> however... The Gorillas of Destiny are Tamatanga and Tangaloa, uh, who also were in Bullet Club. So that's one of the options. The other option, because I think it's uh, even more fun, potentially, is uh, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe. I just can't decide there? which way it would They have a dual contract? They also have a dual contract. That's awesome. Ring of Honor previously had a really good relationship with uh, New Japan, so allowed a lot of them. But oh man, there's just so many good wrestlers on the New Japan roster that I have to, because like I'm I'm skipping up on Switchblade, Jay Lethal, uh, Jay White, excuse me, I'm sw- uh, skipping out on Jay Lethal for other reasons altogether. Uh, Juice Robinson would have been a great choice for for this. Um, I mentioned previously, of course, uh, Kazushika Kata and and. Um, but you know, I'm missing Zack Sabres Jr. I'm missing Tanahashi. I'm missing Tetsuya Naito. I think I think the better story is Grills of Destiny, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa. But I think the better fun is the Briscoes. So I'm going with the Briscoes. Ah, <laughs> uh, because they're a hoot. Yeah, I gotta check out some of their matches. I feel like I'm looking at their photos here, and they're not ringing a bell. But of course, if I don't watch New Japan or ROH, mm-hmm. not really going to know much of them. Yep. So that's my team there. So back to the first match, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's have you guys hash out the winners of Undisputed Era versus the Elite. <laughs> oh, this goes so very very different than than the initial thoughts in my head. Yeah, I I gotta be honest here. I I totally would not have put undisputed era as the first opponents for the elites in this if i were booking the whole thing that would have been the war games final yeah um but i wasn't the one booking that house so i gotta you wanted to go first <laughs> yeah see one job which means i went first you had every opportunity to put anyone else against you could have put the styles hardy riddle lee against the elite first but no you're the one who chose to put the young uh, the the undisputed era there knowing full well what I'd already put there. Yeah, that's a valid point. You're kind that's of on a valid. bitch roll tonight. <laughs> You're just, just a little bitchy, aren't you? <laughs> a little on it. Uh, so, I, I'm, as much as I love the Undisputed Era, 
uh, and I really, really do. Um, I think this is the match that they put the the uh, elite over in this respect. Um, there, there can be some dissension amongst the ranks, and I'm not saying it's going to be a clean sweep. This is going to be the one. Uh, frankly, I think leading up to maybe a two-on-one where uh, where Adam Cole Bebe is the only one left from Undisputed Era, and he's left against Cody and Omega, and and ends up being double teamed out, you know, effectively. Um, but there's so many fun things that could happen in this match. You know, it'd be a fun match to watch in an elimination style uh, Survivor Series match. You know, the Young Bucks, even though they're a tag team, effectively wrestling as singles wrestlers most of the time in this, tagging people out and everything. Getting to see Matt Jackson versus Kyle O'Reilly would be fun. Getting to see Nick Jackson in there with Roderick Strong, you know. Um, I think Roderick Strong would be the one who eliminates one of the Bucks uh, from a power versus agility standpoint. Um, but then the other buck is able to get some revenge and take out one of the Undisputed Era and back and forth. But I, I would say if I were booking this, that's the way I would do it. Make your case. So I see it in terms... So I like that idea, though, because ultimately I do honestly to God feel that AEW would most probably take the win. Um, but I don't know about the two-on-one whole concept of it. Um, it being two versus one, I do think it would be, it would be NXT looking worse. Technically it would be two on one the other way. And ultimately, and I feel like Cody has to be the one to win it for the team. So I do agree with you that AEW or all elite would be undisputed. I just, in terms of a story standpoint, I see that it would have to go that way, but it's just a match. I would just love to never going to happen, but I would love to see it. Although Omega keeps talking about he would be okay with working with WWE. So hopefully Vince randomly says, you know, Khan, let's let's make something happen. This is going to be some good S work. And Triple H can Triple H and Omega can book the show. Boy, they really have legalized the the hard stuff up there, haven't they? You think <laughs> Vince McMahon's ever going to do that? Who knows? He could randomly wake up and have an epiphany and realize maybe I'm not the greatest show in the world anymore for Vince McMahon to wake up and have an epiphany would require him to sleep in the first place which we all know he doesn't like to do so fair but no I'll take your the elite winning and move them on to the hell to the war games final I absolutely hate both of you right now <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have done it that way oh no. no I think I think the elite is set up to break down there that's probably part of the reason I would have rather they were in the War Games final. Right. Here's the deal. The the Undisputed Era has been set up to fail, to break down against itself for three years out of the four years they've been together. Um, and again, Roddy wasn't at the beginning. Um, but, man, I really feel like they're thick and thin, blood is thicker than water setup that that group has comes together and, and beats the elite probably through some shenanigans of turning against each other but yeah. that's just me and i've been I, wrong I, for i well I don't, the elite. I, I don't disagree with you necessarily which is why i said i would have put 
if you were going to put Undisputed Era, I would have put them in the other match and have them. Because here's the deal is, I agree that the uh, Elite would break down. I don't think they would break down in a Survivor Series match. I think they would break down in the chaos of a War Games match. Yeah. And that's um, just, I just, I was like, oh, these two, this match belongs in War Games. But again, I didn't have the choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to the AJ Lee D boys, brothers, bros. Party bros, damn it. Well, but the whole but they group also have is AJ Styles. AJ Lee D bros. So you can't do AJ Lee because then we think AJ Lee is going to be involved with it. So. I know. <laughs> she should she should manage it because we have AJ and Keith Lee. Yeah. <laughs> so we would do the Kyle D boys, <laughs> Kyle D bros. Uh, <laughs> so, so here's the what bro, it comes to motion, bro. Yeah. The bro itchy in motion. I, I, I will say this here. I don't necessarily think I put together the best team for this for a lot of reasons, but I, as much as I love uh, Keith Lee. I don't see any reason that the Styles, Hardy, Riddle, and Keith Lee team should advance in this. And this this might be just me playing favorites on it, but but you got Mox, Jericho, and the Briscoes versus the Hardy Bros, Styles. AJ Bros. Hardy Bros, AJ Lee. There you um, go. So, so, so you need to pitch it to me because I'm, I'm not seeing how that team works. Well... The problem is, okay, so I can only relate because I, I don't know much about the Briscoes. So I don't know how the Briscoes work in this scenario. Um, but I certainly do see, I certainly do see AJ and Mox having like a, or no, or, or, hold on, who do I, okay, so, yeah, it's kind of a weird Last match. time you call anybody lame potato. <laughs> <laughs> I hate these tournament things, bro. Like, Jesus. Um, you guys are a bunch of lame potato. potato. Who are you going to put in a tournament? A bunch of people who don't work together. <laughs> First of all, my team works together really well. AJ even had them a good chunk of these guys on the same team. Uh, well, just leave. But still. Um, but no, I mean, look, you. it's just the problem is you have, I feel like you have Lee taking out um both briscoe brothers just because i honestly don't know what they're good at but i feel like it's because it's an elimination match moxley would just end up going too crazy and he can't really work with jericho because jericho's over cocky they're gonna try to over outdo themselves and take each other out they won't be able to work together so it's going to be essentially the demise of jericho and moxley's um whatever partnership in this match that's going to lead them to lose. And AJ, like the slithering snake that he is, take advantage. And ultimately, um, the Hardy Bros, unfortunately, would uh, lose on... One would be from Moxley and the other would be from Jericho. But ultimately, uh, Keith Lee and AJ end up uh, dominating the rest of the match due to the fact that Jericho and Moxley just can't get over attempting to um, work together. They just can't. I, I don't see them doing well together. So if you want to talk about a team that is uh, that is very 
not put together well, I would say having Moxley and Jericho on the same team wouldn't be a good fit. I don't see them working together at all. And that's why uh, Raw's team would end up beating the NJP. Not the greatest um, reason, but I just don't see them working together. Moxley and Jericho. See, well, I get where you're coming from. I don't I don't buy it because Mox and Jericho have an enemy is my enemy situation going on right now with Omega and Cody being on the opposite side for both of those people right now. Uh, that's what would drive them together. I don't, again, I don't think it's a clean sweep. I don't think there should ever be clean sweeps in a Survivor no. Series matches. Never. Um, they make me angry when they happen. Um, I think you have Keith Lee look like a boss and take out two members by himself but i i think in the end the team you know you can even have keith lee take out both the briscoes right by himself um that's fine got no problem with it but i think in the end the sheer carnage that moxley brings to this match and the ring awareness and veteran wiles that uh jericho brings i don't see an argument that the other team can work together to overtake those. So but I, I guess, I, I guess what I'm saying is your pitching didn't win me over. <laughs> right. I just feel like a like Moxley's cerebral style and experience. I feel like AJ has more experience and without out uh, outdo Moxley's experience. And AJ might have more so. experience. Not arguing that Moxley has brutality. Moxley might even get himself eliminated at the same time. I mean, literally, I could see it coming down. You know, Keith Lee takes out the Briscoes. Uh, Jericho takes out Matt Hardy. Uh, Moxley and Styles go outside the ring and get double counted out, leaving Jericho versus Matt Riddle. And all Jericho has to do at that point is hit a uh, whatever is fucking stupid elbow to the faces judas, uh, judas, judas effect that's it uh yes. a judas effect on riddle and when i Who just eliminates uh i i said jericho keith lee eliminates the briscoes jericho eliminates keith lee uh and wait 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 you said that bro i thought you i said it that? i don't know i meant to you say it? maybe you i didn't that? say it bro but i meant to okay. say it. either way Jer it's jericho keith lee at the end I don't see Jericho beating nope. Lee. Lee. I'm so disappointed you didn't check get that joke. You really said what? that? Make fun of I said I said Jericho. But and but that's that's right. So so I guess we're at a stalemate here. So what's the procedure for breaking this tie? Uh I'll I'll vote. That's fine. Um I think that the I, I have met it's my team. He's obviously not gonna pick my team. <laughs> Wow. Half riddle. You should you should wow. really shut your Yeah. Boy, <laughs> you sure interrupted him when it sounded like he was maybe going to say the WWE team should win. So still say it. I think that it's incredibly intriguing. Boy, you I should pick the other way because you said that. But I think it's incredibly intriguing to put AJ in that final. Um I also think that that there is um something to be said for um wwe has the knack for putting ragtags together and having them survive for one match or so um aew does not or uh i guess this isn't aew though this is new japan 
Are you there? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. I was just uh, typing it into the spreadsheet. And and Mox is a heavy duty loose cannon. Um, so for that reason, because Mox is such a heavy duty loose cannon and willing to eliminate his own teammates or himself, I'm gonna go ahead and put WWE in with Raw. That's fine. But I've... certainly not because uh, because. Uh, JLB presented some type of amazing argument about the cohesiveness of that team. <laughs> I, I, I'm accepting results. I've already put them on the spreadsheet, but I am going to say that <laughs> the concept of the elite in a cage with John Moxley on the other side in a war games <laughs> match is something that I would, I would literally pay money today to see. Um, <laughs> I don't care who the rest of the team is. It could be four on one. John Moxley versus the Elite in <laughs> John Moxley as special guest referee. <laughs> there, that, now he's in the match. Yeah, that that in and of itself would, you know. And but like I say, I'm I'm just saying that I think we missed a chance. But I've already accepted the results. So now we move on to the War Games match. The Elite, the the Elite versus <laughs> the Ragtags. Yeah, it really is very ragtag. Very, very ragtag. They're phenomenal wrestlers. Phenomenal the wrestlers does not a great team make. RD boy <laughs> bros. I, I'm I'm gonna use a reference here um that's outside of professional wrestling. Sports fans will uh listen to it and, and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are filled with a bunch of really, really good football players. And they suck right now because a bunch of good players does not a team make. So, but nope, we go on. So, so I, I'll put up my my side on this. These teams together, I don't see any way the WWE team wins versus the Elite. No, I don't either. <laughs> oh wait, I'm not supposed to have an opinion yet. Uh, yeah, no, but not a clean sweep. I don't see it as a clean. Well, sweep. this this now is a war games match, so it's a one pin win. Oh, it's true, right? Uh, you know, brutality in a cage, right? There is no way that I see the ragtag team out. The only way is is some sort of betrayal on the part of the elite, and I don't see that happening if they're not against the undisputed era. Yeah. Um, I see the only way I and and this is me showing my cards. If you'd have booked the Undisputed Era in the other match there, whereas Undisputed Era versus Mox Jericho and the Briscoes, I could have seen the UE go through and have the final be a War Games match, the Elite versus the Undisputed Era. And at that point, we could have miscommunications between the Elite lead to the Undisputed Era winning, and I would have absolutely no problems with that concept because the Undisputed Era have shown that they are the masters of the War Games match. They are three and one in War Games matches. They are better than the Four Horsemen. Mm -hmm. But when you when you put a War Games match without them and you put a ragtag team versus a cohesive unit like the Elite, Elite takes it. Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, so I just... Keep in mind, Riddle and Lee are the ones with the War Games experience. Um, but yeah, I don't see perhaps my ragtag necessarily beating the Elite. Um, yeah, my bad. That's why I'm not a booker, guys. I would have really loved to have seen the Elite and uh, Undisputed Era at War Games. That would have been awesome. Vince, make it happen. Give me, give us what we want. 
Yeah, that is what I would call some lame potatoes. Yeah, but at least they're still crunchy, so they're baked just fine. This is like those knockoff Pringles that are not just reconstituted potatoes, but don't even taste okay. Eh, or maybe more McCain's. Even their potatoes aren't that necessarily great. Depends on which kind of McCain's you get. Don't make one of those Canadian references that we don't get down here. We get McCain's really well because they are made in Grand Island, Nebraska. Yeah. I've never seen McCain's. Hmm. No. Well, go out more. What can I tell you? I'm actually uh, looking them up because... A huge factory, Grand Island, Nebraska. The factory in Grand Island is focused on the onion line. The onion line? Like their flavor? No. The onion rings. McCain Foods makes more than just potato chips. Oh, yeah. For sure. They make a shit ton of shit. Yeah. And they make their their restaurant-style onion rings in Grand Island, Nebraska. Well, there you go. Nice. I donn't even know that. Although it fit perfectly, considering you folks are in Nebraska. But I would... Sparks is is in the big city. Well, you say that, but again, until relatively recently, I lived closer to you, and I do not remember ever seeing this bag in any of my grocery stores. I don't think they they sell the potato chips in our grocery stores. Which is why when I said I have no uh, knowledge of McCain's potato chips, I stand by it. God, you were one sassy little fella today. And FYI, he didn't mean to say fella. He was cleaning it up for you and the viewers, listeners. Ah, fuck. We're already NC-17 this week. We might as well <laughs> fucking go with it. Okay, you were one sassy little bitch today. That work? Yep, but still haven't seen McCain's potato chips, so. So now we're going to move on to my challenge, since we've already now established that the elite are the champions, um, and that I am the better booker. Really booked tournament. <laughs> uh, my bad. <laughs> yep. Yes. It definitely yes. is. It definitely <laughs> I don't was. Know why. I don't know why. Uh, I don't yeah. know why you did it after DA Fabe even hinted at you. Oh, since it's the elite, maybe you should put your throwaway team on this one so that you can save the undisputed era. He actually used the words "save the undisputed era" for the other match. Did he? Yes. Mm. Well, and, I was too busy ignoring him. Clearly, and you said, "You know what? I think I'll put the undisputed era in this match." It's because I was just thinking I really wanted to see that match happen. And I think at that point, I didn't realize there was a War Games at the end. Unless I did. I don't know. I just really wanted to see the match. And my excitement got the best of me. Which, unfortunately, wasn't good timing. Um, (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. We all make mistakes, guys. The better person would just accept them and move on. Yeah, says the person who fought back after we pointed out that it was a mistake to ask us to book a 61-year-old wrestler in a real feud. It's not a mistake. Flair has done it. (laughs) Nope, nope. Kevin Bacon wasn't in Footloose. (laughs) Kevin Bacon was in Footloose. Don't care. You leave Kevin Bacon in that Footloose. Nope, look it up. You lose. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. No. Jesus. <laughs> so you, you get so into that he part. Yeah, like he's been practicing for a hot minute. 
That's one of my favorite Family Guy sketches. Yeah, no, that's valid. That was a funny episode. Um, so we will move on to my challenge to you guys, which I think is a ton of fun playing off of last week where I had you fire a bunch of people for, you know, whatever reason you wanted. I am going to turn it around and instead make you promote some people. I'm not going to go all the way to eight because I think this is going to be a little bit more fun and and everything and not quite as mean spirited. I need you to book five mid or lower card wrestlers that you want to promote to the main card in any promotion and why. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to need you to correct. Well, uh, number one, I'm going to let JLB go first. And then number two, I'm going to need you to correct me if I choose what I would consider an upper mid card. And so I would need you to tell me that, no, that's an upper mid card. That's that's a main card person. Okay. That's a main person. So I'm going to tell you that in advance. I will do my best. There's some cusp guys that I think... Um, I may accidentally choose, but JLB, go ahead. Um, so this might be a bit controversial, uh, but I do think it would add a little bit more spunk to the main card, upper card. Uh, I would like to see Miz get another push. It's technically considered mid card now, right? I would agree that, yeah. I uh, the, the only argument for him not being mid card right now is he is the money in the bank holder right now which gives him a title shot in the main event. Um, right. But Money in the Bank has been typically used to promote mid-carders to main event when they cash in. So I'll allow him to be considered main, mid-card right now. Well, even without the Money in the Bank, though, he's been mid-card for quite some time. And that's just due to the fact because he's done everything. And I guess for a good, what, year or two years, maybe, he's just been kind of helping others out. He's more of that legendary status where he's kind of just helping the younger people. Um, But I really wouldn't be upset with him going up to the main card again because the guy is very entertaining. It's almost like a Jericho feel, if you will, with what they did with AEW bringing Jericho to uh, main card right away. (coughs) So I would do that with The Miz. Um, I would really like... I would really like to... Um, my head's flipping through a whole bunch of federations at the same time, so I'm just trying to stick to one here. Um, <laughs> I I would also like to see. I feel like who's the one that's always on TV now, Jimmy or Jay? Jay. Jimmy's Jay. still technically recovering. Okay. I'm using the air quotes around that. I think he mostly recovered, but storyline-wise. So, Jay is considered mid-card, even though he's kind of Roman's lackey, or would you consider him... Because he kind of faced Roman, right? At Hell in the Cell? But I, I still... would still consider him mid-card myself. Um, I think they're in the process of trying to build him up, but right now I would call him mid-card. Fair. So, I, I guess that's what kind of WWE is doing, though, so maybe it's a flake choice. Um, but literally give him a good run and make him shy away from this whole Roman thing, though. Change up his gimmick where he's not such a bitch and he's more of a heel. Um, really have that mean mug sort of thing. That Uso penitentiary thing that they did, uh, but make it more fierce. Um, where he's taken seriously. Because right now he's 
whatever he's roman's bitch essentially um so i would really like to see uso get a push up to the main card but as an actual push not just an offshot family story blind because we all know after that then they're just going to put him back down um which is kind of where he's at now with roman being roman's bitch um so i would like to see uso get a a fairly nice push i do also want to see completely switching sides here i would really like to see guevara sammy guevara get that push um i think they're kind of because he's facing who now he's kind of in that well he's in the mjf um sort of thing right now so that's why i expected him to win the dynamite battle royal dynamite ring anyways um but I guess he's main card then because he's inner circle. He's kind of one of the bigger. I would still call him mid card. Uh, he hasn't been in any main title feuds in any way, shape, or form. Mm. So I think I think DFA would agree. Sammy Guevara currently is mid card. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's three. Three. You know, I think Angel Garza has a lot of potential. This guy is decent on the mic. He's a I find I I'm always entertained by his wrestling. I liked what they were kind of doing with his little whole rose gimmick or whatever have you. Um, I get how that can get kind of boring after a while, but this guy I feel has a lot of potential. Um, but Vince is never gonna push him. Um, but he has everything going for him except i guess his size for vince's case um yeah just for the fact that i don't know the guy can talk he can wrestle he just needs a really really good storyline to give him a boost but he's very condescending and i think he would make a great um opponent for a face fighter he'd definitely be the heel um there um what is he even doing now i don't even think he's on tv huh they haven't had him on for a bit ever since the breakup with Andrade. Basically, MIA. Same thing with Andrade, right? Yep. I read, read a report today that WWE is considering uh, forming Andrade and Charlotte into their own group once Charlotte comes back. Like, oh, no. That's because they were stupid and fired Zelina Vega. It is indeed because they were stupid and fired Zelina Vega. <laughs> so I was going to say Alistair Black, but I feel like Alistair Black has got no mic skills. Maybe if you put him, and I find his gimmick is kind of, but he was so good in NXT. That's what pisses me off. I believed it. I feel it. like you're trying to pick a fight with him when you say he has no mic skills. Yeah, I would argue his mic skills are very good. He just hasn't been given a storyline to to use him properly. Somebody has said, pick a fight with me. <laughs> uh, you'll have to, okay, fair. Maybe I'm, are you referring to like back in the NXT days? Because I don't remember him talking much in the NXT days. And the only thing I remember from him from the Raw and SmackDown days is knock on my door. That's so the pick a fight. Uh, I, I, I would argue that his promos during the knock on my door were delivered very well, and he's got a lot of charisma. It was just a bad storyline. Okay. So that's not on his mic skills. That's on the writers. But I'm, I'm just trying to give give you an out because I do 100% think 
uh, Alistair Black is mid-card and uh, could be promoted to main event if given the right storyline. Yeah, no, then then that's the that's the thing. So it would just depend on. Yeah, like I'm just so scared they won't use him well. But yeah, I'll I'll push him to the main card because I really do think he has a lot to provide. I just don't think you can necessarily do the demonic gimmick um, or whatever the punk. Well, that's the deal is his gimmick in NXT was never that he had demonic powers or anything. He was just a um, straight edge anarchist, effectively, you know? Yeah. And And just because I feel like we should just do a woman, the ESC of WWE um, should be going for the women's champion because she has spunk and she's a good time. I did six because why not? Okay. Okay. What's DA Fabe got? Um, do they have to be active currently? They can be inactive with injury, but not inactive, like retired, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't want, no, I'm not like trying to, I mean, one of the best examples of all time of this would be Jake the Snake or, 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 um, Mr. Perfect. I, I get that. Yeah, I'm not gonna try and pull those out of my hat because the, that's way too easy to get five there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, what I what I was getting at is I'm gonna start off with two women right off the bat, no ifs, ands, or buts. Should have some type of main card push, um, title push. Tegan Knox and Chelsea Green both are phenomenal. Both have the look. Both have the mic skills. Um, two different characters, but both do everything that that fits the mold. Um, they were both in the War Games match, right? No, both of them are out injured. They are both injured. <laughs> Chelsea okay. Green came came uh, out and was in uh, Battle Royal on SmackDown a couple weeks ago, and uh-huh. was it broke her nose? I actually got a concussion. Long-term concussion protocol. Oh no! It, it uh, might just be a, it might just be a nose break. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. I mean, it does, but she's down with an injury. I, I think it's the three-month concussion protocol. But you can look it up while I'm doing the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tegan Knox has has had knee issues for a long time, and if we can prevent her from having knee issues in some way, shape, or form, um, she is, in my opinion, not only a very good Becky Lynch lookalike, but a very good Becky Lynch-type character. She has the charisma that Lynch does. She has the sass. She uses a finishing move called the Shiniest Wizard, and it is a really good wizard. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch her fight. Um, I Now, that said, I, like, I'm, I'm intentionally excluding Dakota Kai um, Raquel Gonzalez because I feel like they're already in kind of that title hunt and yes Tegan got a title match but we all knew she was going to lose um, in NXT um, you know so I, I I just don't Dakota Kai is in the title hunt uh, right now uh, the Poison Pixie is in the title hunt so I, I, I just those are ones I wanted to push so Chelsea Green, broken wrist. Oh, okay. But, Why did I think it was concussion protocol? I don't know. Why did I think it was a broken nose? I don't know. Broken wrist. Um, okay. But yeah, no, so I, I, I agree with both those. And uh, and Tegan Knox has a Welsh accent, which, you know, 
I love me some Welsh accent. It's sellable. It sells. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, the in, in terms of men, this was. I'm just gonna say the name. This is the one that I was uh, was concerned you might trump me on and say no, no, that person's pretty well main card, and that person's name is Darby Allen. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because they're they're really pushing him like a star. He's uh, very top mid card, or but very he also is the <laughs> TNT title holder, which you would 100% be right if you called that a mid card title. Yeah. So I'll allow I'll allow Darby for now. Okay. <laughs> so the first two people I thought of were Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy. However, I'm not going to push Orange, Orange Cassidy to a world title spot because I just don't see that character. That character is a draw. People tune in to watch that character. Um, he is the second coming of Jake the Snake in terms of a draw that you just probably aren't going to put the world title on. So, unfortunately, I don't think Orange Cassidy is the push. I think he's lower main event and I think he's upper mid card for his entire career, unless there's a change that something says he's gonna do interviews and all this stuff. Uh, without, I will without... just say you haven't lived in professional wrestling till you've seen Orange Cassidy come to the ring as the uh, independent wrestling world champion with the belt in a backpack. <laughs> Definitely have to watch that. Anyways, but no, I'll agree. I I think he's potentially world champion material, but transitional champion i don't think yeah. he's a long term he's not gonna be a john moxley hold it for almost a year sort of a thing but yeah and, and it's hard to say that because you don't want to i mean he's very likable very charismatic i just don't think he's a main eventer a long-term main eventer um if i try to switch promotions because i don't want to spend all my time in nxt and AEW, um i'm not gonna throw mjf in there because i feel like he's already a main eventer um and easy to push like he really is um so i'm gonna get out of aew i think i think it's unfair to sammy Guevara that i'm not gonna mention him but i wanted to go to two other uh product lines um and i'm gonna go to impact next and i'm gonna say oh my heavens i can't remember his name the chubby guy that's fighting moose on sunday um, um, is that Willie, Willie Mack? Willie Mack. I feel like he, he, after watching a couple matches of his, to try and, well, first I watched the match tonight, then during um, some of Smarks or uh, most of anything that JLB said, I watched a couple <laughs> matches. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, dude dude is, is Keith Lee light. Keith Lee mm-hmm. short. That's all he is. He's, he's a short Keith Lee. Um, and charismatic. So um, I think Willie Mack is a push. In fact, I think he picks up the win over Moose on Sunday. That's my hot take. Um, and I wanted to go to New Japan, but anytime I think of New Japan, like Suzuki Okada gets stuck in my head. And so I can't really pull anything else out of my head. Uh, so I am going to go back and I'm going to take a cop out and I'm going to say Sammy Gamora. <laughs> he gets my fifth. Okay. Good choices, Bill. You could easily throw Dolph Ziggler in there, but he's already been a main eventer. Um, you know, there, I mean, there's a lot of guys. He, the Miz is in that category. There's a ton of guys. I really want to see a Baron Corbin push. Uh, yeah, I would like that too. 
for for a healed championship run. Um, but he's got to stop being King Corbin before that happens. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, but 100. Uh, percent It's this. He's had this gimmick for what, like two years now. He's it's been. Uh, no, he was the King of the Ring. Yeah, <laughs> he was Constable Corbin, and then he was Acting General Manager Corbin. Um, and then he was just Baron Corbin for a bit, and then he won King of the Ring, and now he's King Corbin. Um, oh, so last year's King of the Ring. Damn. Okay. But no, I I agree with most of what you guys were saying. I mean, there there wasn't a single one of those people that I. Well, I don't know. I I personally think Miz has had his time in main event, and he's better off suited in mid card personally. But um, that's not trying to degrade him. I just think he's better suited there right now. But Inversely, I think John Morrison is main event material. Ooh, I would agree with that. Yeah. And them not using him there. Um, I think, frankly, right now in the Undisputed Era, I think Roddy deserves a shot at the main event. Um, Roddy had a main event shot and put on such a banger of a match that both of them left injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an amazing match. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't but, he push more, though? Damn. But, well, you know, I and the thing is, I like Kyle O'Reilly, um, and I'm happy that they're giving him a lot of shots, but I think Roddy has everything it takes. In fact, frankly, if they ever break up the Undisputed Era, Roddy's the one of them that I think belongs on the main roster. Um, he's the one that I think could go over to Raw or SmackDown and, and hold his own there. So he'd be one of my choices. Um, Chad Gable, I really think... But the, he, it requires a gimmick change for him. He can no longer be smiley, happy Chad, Chad Gable. He definitely can't be Shorty G. He's got to be an assassin, Chad Gable. He's got to be the quiet guy who just comes out and kicks everyone's ass. So he's the one who would benefit from a manager doing all the talking. Assassin. Hold on. I, I, assassin. I don't, that doesn't work. Assassin. Um, I mean, he's short enough, I guess, but... I don't know. I don't see that working either. CIA operative. No, no. Something technical. Something where you might you might shoot something from a distance and, and it's like it. like a sharpshooter. No, Sharp, like uh, a hitman. 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 Have him. Oh, maybe he should change his tights to uh, black and pink. If we haven't pissed off yet, <laughs> that should have been enough to do it. <laughs> Because it pissed me off saying it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, he's not a hitman. But yeah, I get what you're saying. That That's my thing. Is he needs to be not a talker, not a smiley, not a charismatic guy. He needs to be the guy who comes out and takes care of business and just kills people. Uh, a, um, a technical Bill Goldberg? Is that kind of what you're pointing at? Yeah, or... <clears throat> God, it's going to make... We've already made enough people angry, but um, a Chris Benoit. Oh, Jesus. Without, I see where you're going. Without the murder-suicide at the end. Oh, oh. God. It's it's yeah. like fuck wasn't enough for you, and you just had to go, cut, 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 cut. Hit him with a hard T. But that, that's so the deal. listen to this show, because I'm going to get yelled at for saying that, but oh, wow. Yeah, the, the viewer, the listeners that we did have are now gone. Thank you. Oh, my God. But they understand what I'm saying, because holy crap. <laughs> well, that's why I said I hated saying it, but... Oh, yeah, I don't blame you for hating but, saying it. But, but from a wrestling angle style, the time, 
the time when Chris Benoit was the best is when he didn't speak and he just came out and beat people. I'm not going to use any of the other terms I used earlier because that hits too close to home for him. Um, but um, AEW, I agree with pretty much everyone that you said. Sammy Guevara. Um, I I think Orange Cassidy can, can be a main eventer. I think he can be a world title holder. Again, not a long-term world title holder transitional champ at best but uh, i think the the key with him is is to not try to turn him into the traditional main eventer the key is to have him win and still do his shtick of coming out with the belt in a in a backpack and and rolling into the ring and not taking anyone seriously as they challenged for him until he has to and then turn on the jets um but it means going back to because my biggest problem right now with Orange Cassidy is they haven't allowed him to be Orange Cassidy much in any matches, right? He's come out and he's went straight to the overburners, the afterburners, um, and he just need he needs to still do the little kicks and the hands in his pocket thing. So, um, I it's tough for me to say this for Impact because you could argue she's she's at least been a main eventer, but Jordan Grace. 100% needs to be in the championship picture all the time. Um, all the time. Yeah, because you, like, just left it, you know? Uh, it's been six months to a year since she was really in it. She had the the knockouts championship uh, for a while, but she then got overshadowed in a lot of ways by Tessa Blanchard because Tessa Blanchard ended up taking the world title. Impact World Champion, right. um, which kind of overshadows the knockouts. You know, it's but um, so I just think Jordan Great. I think she's phenomenal and deserves to be in the main event of every pay per view, uh, at least for the time being. So those are kind of my ones, but but I agree with pretty much everyone you guys said. In terms of New Japan, New Japan's so tough because it's really hard to uh, to actually call almost anyone in new japan is not a main eventer because of the way they structure everything there's so much fluidity around there i mean about the only thing you could do light heavyweights or not main eventers they're they're effectively cruiserweights and so then you could say people like flip gordon deserve to to be main eventers but they really present their light heavyweight as if they're superstars there so anyway so we will move on to our game. And just like last week, I'm uh, changing it up and I am uh, removing one of the previous uh, options from the thing. So instead of being Ring of Honor, AEW, or Impact, it is Ring of Honor, Impact, or WWE. I am going to give a list of three AEW wrestlers that you guys need to relocate to a different company. First round, your choices are... Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and Darby Allen. Hmm. Um, okay. I'll go first. Okay. So I like Hangman Page and Impact. I feel like he would fit well with the uh even the main top card there. Um and would technically be pushed as a main adventure. Um I got Kenny Omega and Darby Allen. Oh, damn. So, oh, I might have uh, put myself in a bubble there. Um, okay, so we're, I just feel like WWE doesn't deserve Kenny Omega, though. And I think I've seen enough of Kenny Omega on Impact. 
Um, but I guess we'll have to do it. Kenny Omega to WWE. No. Kenny Omega is going to ROH. I still feel like he would up our anywhere Kenny Omega goes. Kenny Omega goes is going to be a good time, and it's going to up promote any company. I feel like WWE would maybe do better with Darby. I feel like Vince would ruin Kenny. And you don't think Vince would ruin Darby? <laughs> I feel like Vince would try to because he's younger, so he try to remold him. Um, but he would like him because he sees already that the fans are really all for him, and he likes those gimmicks. So um, he'll try to remold them a tad. I don't know if he'll, he won't. I don't think he'll ever be main card. Um, but I could see him getting the IC. I could see him getting the tag team. Um, yeah, and then Vince would turn him into a biker for no reason. Oh, Jesus, yeah, it'd be like a whole uh, um, Max. What do you call it? What was that movie called? Max Fury there. Fury oh. Road. Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max. Yeah, that's <laughs> turn him into a character in that. Uh, no, I'm saying that as what's what Vince would do. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to see what Vince would do with Kenny in WWE. Neither would I want to see Hangman Page there either. Because I feel like Vince would just control C, control V to what Bradshaw was when Bradshaw was the um, uh, when Bradshaw was the cow- cowboy gimmick. But he just wouldn't do anything with him this time. Or he would do him something like um, Yang who did the cowboy gimmick and Hangman Page just wouldn't do anything. Uh, Jimmy Wang Yang. Yep. Vince would put him that low in the car. Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going. WWE, uh, Kenny to ROH, and Hangman to Impact. So I'm going to book the same thing because that's the requirement of the game. Um, but I'm going to book people in different places because uh, I think there's a better way to do it. Um I am going to start with my first pick, which is not going to be to WWE. Um, And I'm going to start with the fact that I want to see a coffin drop from an Ultimate X match. (laughs) Sparks knew that's where it was going. Um, If he did, then he hasn't heard how much I love Ultimate X matches, which means he doesn't pay attention, which is fine. Um, It also means that JLB doesn't pay attention if he didn't know that I love Ultimate X matches. Oh, I know. yeah, I was just saying, I'm pretty sure both of you. Um, that said, um, I want very badly, so badly that I'm probably going to look it up on on YouTube after this um, to see Adam Cole, baby, versus Hangman Page. Um, I think that the last shot versus the buckshot lariat um, just markets the crap out of itself. I think their personalities market the crap out of the match. Um, I I would have loved to have seen Seth versus Kenny Omega about four years ago. Um, and I would still, like to this day, like to see like Kenny Omega versus, say, Drew. But I'm, I'm really not booking Kenny Omega first because I really, really want Adam Cole Bebe versus Hangman Page. <laughs> and that sucks for Kenny Omega, who can make, who can expand on his collection, as we heard on Impact, um, and go get one more title on his collection, and that would be the ROH title. Because dude can do it anywhere. I just don't think the story's as good as those other two stories are. 
That's all I got. Okay. So, so here, here's the first I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I'm going to make it really easy for you if uh, you're looking for uh, Adam Cole Bebe versus Adam Page. You need to look for Ring of Honor Relentless from how good was May, it? May 18th of 2013. Um, I, I can't remember it very well, but that's the only singles match they ever had. <sighs> um, and, they, and 2013 is so seven years ago. Yes. They've had seven years to build the characters that they've built, mm-hmm. built and the move sets that they've built. I think now, there's more to it now than there would have been back then. Yeah. Now, they have been in other matches together. Uh, there was, uh, in 2014, in a survival of the fittest six-way elimination match, um, which would be worth looking up uh, at Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest 2014. Six-way elimination match. You had Tommaso Ciampa, Roderick Strong, Matt Seidel, Hansen, Adam Page, and Adam Cole Bebe in it. That match what? went 40 minutes. Wow. You know you're talking about a great match when Matt Seidel is the, is the low point of it. Yeah. You also have, from 2016, Bullet Club, uh... Which it would at the time was Adam Cole, Bebe, Gorillas of Destiny, and the Young Bucks um, versus uh, Adam Page, Motor City Machine Guns, and the Briscoes. Oh my God! <laughs> so for that one, uh, Ring of Honor New Japan uh, War of the Worlds 2016. So th- those are ones to look at if if you want to remove the the four way of that. Uh, a month later, not even a month, yeah, about a month later, they did Motor City Machine Guns versus Adam Cole and Adam Page as a team, uh, which also could be fun to see. But they've only apparently had one solo match against each other, um, and it was seven years ago, so it would be a lot of fun to see. Um, I, I for the most part, would go very similar to yours if I were to do it, even though I don't have to, I'm going to tell you. Um Darby in Impact is the best move there, in my opinion. Like you say, Ultimate X, but even even outside of that, Impact just tends to use their smaller guys better, and I 100% do not have any faith that Vince McMahon wouldn't absolutely ruin everything that is good about Darby Allen. Um, Agreed. I, he's done it before. If he was just... If he could just go to... Uh, to NXT, he'd be okay. But if he goes to main roster, he'd he'd be screwed. Um, uh, the way place I differ is, and it's really tough because both Omega and Hangman have spent time in Ring of Honor. Um, so either way you go, they're going back there one way or another. I 100% think there's no way that Vince McMahon could mess up Kenny Omega. Not now. He could have. 10 years ago before people knew Kenny Omega but Kenny Omega comes in now and is allowed to just be the best bout machine so you think he gets the treatment that AJ got I think he yeah I think Vince McMahon brings him in because he's legitimately considered by most people to be the best wrestler in the world and AJ Styles at that time was the best wrestler in the world FTR was considered to be the best wrestler in the world Kenny was the best wrestler in the world, and right now, probably Okada's the best wrestler in the world. Yeah, only because Kenny, well, I don't know, 17 of the 23 best matches in AEW over the last... Uh, 
Uh, that was a good promo, in my opinion. But anyways, let's move on. What do you guys got for me? And you can throw AEW back in the choices and do a WWE. I just liked doing it for my turn. So. I'm going to challenge you guys. The JLB, this is me giving you a shot to go last again. Um, I'm going to challenge you guys. Since we were all forced to watch several matches that we probably haven't been watching recently. Of course, Smarks, you're, you're an exception, and so are 7,000 other people. And a few hundred thousand, yeah, a few tens of thousands of access or access people with access access there we go um i'm gonna uh have you take aew you're gonna send them to aew um wwe or roh and you're gonna take impact stars and you're going to take moose rich swan and willie mack who all Real, well, who was the other guy? Not Rich Swan, the other skinny guy. Uh, Chris Bay, the one that was in the match yeah. with Moose and. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Chris Bay. Cause, and the only reason I say that is because um, Rich Swan just came from somewhere else recently. Okay, so who were your wrestlers? Because uh, I just timed out there. Moose, first. Willie Mack, and Chris Bay. Chris Bay is a um, young Kofi without a really bad gimmick. Just to help you with that, I know you know who Moose is. Willie Mack, already described as a um, stockier Keith Lee, short Keith Lee. Keith Lee's mini me. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I shall call him mini me. <laughs> and he hits a really, really solid stunner. Moose doesn't take a stunner well, though, at all. <laughs> stunner, stunner's actually uh, just an aside. I've noticed in history, stunners are really tough for the bigger guys to take. Yeah. Um, they, the bigger guys tend to to just try to crouch when taking the stunner instead yeah, I of... Spent all my energy going down, and now I have to snap back up. Mm-hmm. So I, I get it. So, but, um, well, I will go ahead and go uh, because, you know, I can. Because um, I know these people and everything. Um, I don't see any way uh, of these three that you don't put Moose in WWE. Uh, he he is the most WWE of those three. And I like Willie Mack, and having Willie Mack versus Keith Lee would be phenomenal. Um, but <clears throat> Moose is by far the most WWE of those. Uh, Moose reminds and- me, his build reminds me a lot of... Uh, uh, Titus only with talent, mm-hmm. both on the mic and I mean Titus has good comedic talent on the mic, but Moose has good angry big man talent on the mic. So Moose to WWE. Um, this one's tougher for the last part. Um, because they both have a huge upside. Um, Willie Mac to Ring of Honor, Chris Bay to AEW. Is that for <clears throat> development? Uh, I think it's I think it's for for both. I think Chris Bay brings so much. He's got such a big upside, and he's been wrestling a lot longer than like Thank because he went through the indie scene for a long time. But I I really do. He's got so much charisma, such good I, mic skill. I uh, feel like he might be the Impact World Champion after Sunday. I he he very easily could be. I mean there, 
And then, of course, Willie Mack is is much the same. I I think he's got a lot of charisma, but I think Willie Mack in Ring of Honor could bring a much-needed big guy presence to them. That would be a ton of fun. Okay. But I think that's how I go. Um, so I do completely agree with you in terms of Moose. Uh going to WWE, he seems like the only one that would uh, thrive. We've seen what... Because uh, the other two are more agile, right? They're more flipty do almost? Not uh, well, I mean, w- Willie Mack's still a big guy. Uh, standing next to almost anyone else, w- Willie Mack would, would overshadow them, except maybe in height. Um, yeah. So um, he he could have gone to WWE in my book and and thrived but when you put him in there with uh with moose then that's where i have to go uh but yeah willie max listed as 510 280 pounds wow okay but he is also very agile that's why comparing him to keith lee is a really good example built Uh, like a skinny um otis (laughs) a skinny otis okay Fair. But that, that's what I meant, uh, you know, because you were comparing him to Keith Lee. So he's very flippy do in the sense that he can. Uh, he's very agile. Um, and so, but Moose, I just feel, is the only one that would thrive from going to a... Because uh, Moose is just big. He can go, but he's just a humongous wrestler. That's what Vince likes. And I feel like AEW has maybe too many big wrestlers at the moment that they don't know what they're doing with. So I feel like Moose would just get stuck in the shuffle. So Moose, there to be. Um, Chris Bay, you said, was like Keith Lee. No, he's more no. like Kofi. He's Kofi without a bad gimmick. Early, early Kofi without a bad gimmick. Early Kofi without a bad gimmick. Okay. I remember, I remember Willow Mack being crazy in the ring. I think I saw one match with him. You saw one tonight. Yes. Okay, fair. Um, so based on the, no, so I saw two matches with him then technically. So based on the match, the two matches that I have seen with him, uh, I think he would put great matches with anybody, uh, give me against the young bucks against, uh, Omega. I think it would just be a five-star entertaining matchup. Um, and so unfortunately, well, that isn't necessarily unfortunately, um, I imagine there's also a lot of flip-de-do wrestlers in ROH, and so I guess that's where Chris. Who has the better mic skills? Bay. Oh snap! Okay. Uh, right now, I mean, now, Willie Mac will. There's not a doubt in my mind. Willie now, Mac I, will. I will. I will point out Willie Mac also does have a acting career, so it's not that he's bad on the mic. He might yeah. be bad at improv, but. Uh, Willie Mack actually had a role in Glow. So. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah, so then Chris Beta ROH. Yeah. Not a, it's not a downgrade. It's just I have to put him somewhere. And I don't know. I just don't watch ROH. And Moose is the best for WWE. And uh, Willow Mack uh, seems like he would fit nice, especially with that star power. Maybe he's done something on TNT, a TNT showed. So who knows? It would be a nice little mix. And yeah, that's what I'm going with. And where would you put Willie Mac? Yeah. Wi- Willow Mac is someone else altogether. My bad. Willie Mac, excuse me. Jesus. He's, he's a magician. He's a magician. 
Whew. A midget magician Willow Mac is? He, he has multiple personalities, okay? Sometimes he's Willie Mac, other times he's Willow Mac. That's the exact <laughs> thing Vince would do if he got a hold of him. So be thankful I didn't put Willie Willow Mac in uh, WWE. Um, so in terms of my picks, I do like um, Smarks's choose three AEW wrestlers to go to either ROH, Impact, or WWE. So I'll stick with that. Um, I am, however, going to choose... I'm going to choose Sammy Guevara, John Moxley, and Cody Rose. Rhodes. <laughs> well, I want Cody Rose to go wherever Willie, Willow Mac is. <laughs> um... Because it's AEW and Smarks is a smark for AEWs, I'm going to let him go second here to close out this podcast uh, as strong as possible with as much reason as possible. Um, and so I'll go. And so I have Guevara, Mox, and who is the other one? Guevara, Mox, and Rhodes. Rhodes. Um, Guevara to specifically NXT WWE. Because um, <laughs> I don't want to punish people who've already had a bad relationship with WWE, uh, um, yeah. and so I'm not sending Rhodes or Mox back to WWE to get a bad relationship again. That's just not fair. Um, I'm gonna send uh, Mox to Impact because I think they're more likely to have. Um, some of the deathmatch style matches that he has. Not that Rhodes wouldn't elevate Impact and Impact couldn't elevate Rhodes. I just feel like the style of match is most likely to occur on Impact of my options that works for Mox. Mm. So I've got Cody Rhodes going to ROH to be a champion again in ROH, who he does not have a bad relationship with. <laughs> so that's where I'm going with that, and I did not enjoy doing that. But, yeah, but it's got to be done. Yeah, you got to put him somewhere, and um, a lot of that setup came down to um, I just don't want to do this to those wrestlers. <laughs> so, I mean, Throwing Mox into ROH means that ROH suddenly has to start being a little bit dirtier, or a little bit meaner, a little bit more vicious. And, and I don't want to have to change ROH's format. And Cody can teach a lot there. So so you put essentially Guevara in WWE? So wait, where did you put, who did you put in WWE? Guevara. But specifically NXT WWE. Oh, right. Okay. It's not happening, bud. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. I hope so, though. But it would, I mean, how mean would that be to send the dude who started another company because of how badly things went with WWE and the dude who left to go be the champion at said other company <laughs> because they made him get a shot in his butt on television? Yeah. Yeah, that's what makes What's this tough. To say suffering succotash. <laughs> so. So, yeah, you know, th that's what makes this tough. You choose two people yeah. out of the three who uh, have beef with WWE. Well, you all three beef with WWE, technically. So, 
Guevara's never really been in WWE. He had a tryout once, but he never really... Saw. I'm referring to the Sasha Banks rape thing. Ah, that's a minor thing, and he's worked that out. He, he talked has. it out with her. He did. Um, <clears throat> but so, um, I'm gonna... Uh, I am going control to... Control C, control V. Nope, nope. I, I As much as I want to, because you really did choose... Uh, choose about the best way to do it in that way. Um, I just can't imagine not putting uh, Sammy Guevara in impact. Sammy Guevara in, a, in an ultimate next match. Yeah, it's where I wanted to go to, but I couldn't do it to the other two. So, uh, Sammy Guevara into Impact Wrestling uh, to that bring that up. You hate more, Cody Rhodes or John Moxley? Uh, Cody Rhodes to Ring of Honor. <laughs> because, like you say, he could bring a lot. And John Moxley is going to say, fuck it all and go to CZW. Um, <laughs> and and he's he's going to say, nope, you can't tell me what to do. Smart. <laughs> I will do whatever I want. I, I um, feel that actually fits his personality, and that's the best way you could go there. Still keep yeah. Sammy in impact. There, there, there is literally no way. Uh, that John Moxley is going back to WWE. He has flat out said that he would quit wrestling rather than go back to WWE. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he expressed how much he hated it when he was there, especially when he came back. I think he even mentioned that him being out of wrestling was very depressing, but him going back was ultimately the worst decision that he made and was worse than his depression when he was uh, healing up. Yep. So. And then, of course, you know, like DFA said, Cody Rhodes specifically started AEW or was part of the starting of it because of how badly he felt WWE treated him when he was there. Treated everyone. Treated everyone, but especially him uh, with Stardust. Yeah, you get the Stardust gimmick and tell me how you feel about your life. He had <laughs> really good... The, the dashing Cody Rhodes was not a horrible gimmick. No. Um, the Him taking over Legacy from Randy Orton wasn't horrible. No. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there was good storylines for Cody. The bad one came, Hey, my brother's about to retire and at the end of his career. Why don't I become second hat to him? No, 10 years into mine. Yep. What's amazing, though, is even him as Stardust, he still put great matches on. And it was so odd because it would always be like the first match and it would be like a no match. Like it would be the first match of the pay-per-view. And it's a match we don't care about because there's no storyline towards it. But I still found myself actually enjoying the matchup because ultimately, obviously, it was still Cody Rhodes being the great wrestler that he is and still putting on a decent match. Even I he even had a tag team, right? It was Stardust and I forget who he was. Dust? No, no, it was with someone else. I want to say R-Truth, but I don't think it was R-Truth. Um, yeah, but yeah well once you're given that state he, he he honestly though he did everything he could though with that gimmick he even had those promos and all that even had the two hands meeting with the star he did what he could with it so kudos to him because i would have just flipped up my hands and said fuck it i quit take my money you know it's... if you're gonna give me an old age gimmick like that and just do it because my brother did it 
Like, how lame of a writer do you have to be? Oh, uh, uh, I don't know what to do with him. He's part of the Rhodes family. Uh, but his was his father still alive when that went on? Yes, I believe. Yeah. Yep. He was taking care of NXT, right? Or whatever. He was, uh... Yeah, he was down in NXT doing a lot of that. You know what's interesting? WWE still has a bio for Stardust on their page. No. It's not listed in the active wrestlers or all of that stuff, but if you just search for Stardust WWE, you could pull it up. Stop. Do they have one for Moxley? Or Dean Ambrose? I'm sure they do. They probably have it for everyone. Yep. I'm sure. Well, but the thing is, you can make things private. They could make it an unlisted page, you know? That's true. Um, yeah. Unpublished. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I technically uh, take a cop out on that by having uh, John Moxley say, fuck it all. Not doing that. <laughs> I don't care what you say. I don't wish I don't wish any of those guys to go in WWE, though. I just figured it'd be a fun little and make you guys cringe a bit of a challenge. The cringe well, Indeed, we did cringe a bit. Yeah. Good job for that lame potato. <laughs> See? Like it. You're going to end up using it tomorrow. Nope, I'm okay. just I'm just saying it enough times that we can justify putting it on a t-shirt. Mm. Speaking uh-huh. of the t-shirt, you can Shop. support us. shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WB. You can get yourself a t-shirt. Um, there's going to be a link for it in the doobly-doos, um, which is fun because... That's- Someone on this podcast was wearing that shirt today. I am actually wearing it as we speak. Link is in the doobly-doo. But you can head over there. You can support us by buying some merch from there. We got everything from t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, hats, masks, a little bit of everything. So support us that way. Or you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. Uh, send us a few bucks a month to get access to all sorts of sweet perks like our Discord server, uh, suggesting episodes for us to record from the Patreon exclusives, um, and uh, coming on this show to challenge us to book something for you are all options you get by supporting us on Patreon. Um, otherwise, you can follow us on social media. You can follow me, mentioned before, at Raw and Order WBU on pretty much all the social medias out there. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok. Um, yep, not on Parler. Or Parlay <laughs> if uh, you're French or French-Canadian. Uh, we would say Parlay, okay? <laughs> we would not call that app Parlay. It would uh, just be oh, in Parler. Yeah, um... Uh, you can follow DA Fabe at at DA Vincent K Fabe. Remember, if you really want me to respond, go ahead and tell me how fucking stupid lame up of potatoes is as a statement at <laughs> DA Vincent K Fabe. Or if you like it, respond to DA Vincent K Fabe and hashtag lame potato because that's what he's being right now a lame potato for that and also not for listening to my. Um, my challenge at the beginning and watching a match instead. So screw you, DA Vincent K. Fabe. Okay? Gosh. Hey, man, I wanted to know more about Willie Mack. I'm sorry. I haven't watched Impact in ages, you know, since all the good wrestlers left. You can also find Willie Mack on Lucha Underground, which if you're into uh, having a hour-long acid trip, uh, can be worth doing. <laughs> um, uh, it it was fun. I enjoyed Lucha Underground, but it was fucking weird. That it was. 
Um, but on that note, also make sure to subscribe to us. Mentioned it before, but always bears mentioning again. Whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, you can click that subscribe button to make sure you get notified whenever we post new episodes. Um, review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, just like the number of stars you will give your vacation if you ever go to beautiful Turks and Caicos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turks and Caicos. Where, where it's warm and there are no mice. Yep. And celebrities like oh, yeah, know, the Rolling yes. Stones. <laughs> uh, you can also find the Wix site for us and the pinned tweet on my Twitter or in the doobly doos. You can find all the ways to listen to our show there and links to all the other stuff there. Um, and you can um, use you the can Wix app. <laughs> nope, you can't follow JLB. Not at all. He is Lamo <laughs> Potatoes. I wish I could. Lamo Potatoes. I would literally give you 10 bucks if you change your Twitter handle to at Lamo Potato. Uh, can you even change your Twitter handle? I don't think sure you Sure can. For free? Yep. If you were verified, it cost you your verification, I believe, but you sure can change it. <laughs> uh, I will come up with another one. But for now, it's at JLB420 or Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8 anchor.fm slash RTR uh, realtalkradio.online but it's not updated so I'd rather you guys go tweet to these two lame potatoes at DA Vincent Kayfabe or at Raw and Order WBU hashtag lame potato I think I'm going to go onto Twitter and just create a fake account for lame potatoes <laughs> just use it as a fake JLB account Hey, that would be the first. I have a fan. You're like, yeah, go listen to my stupid podcast about Big Brother. <laughs> Don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, you can certainly hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but that'll bring us to the end of this particular episode. We went a little off the rails there, but I think we had fun. Uh, make sure to stay tuned. We've got a botch along coming up this weekend. A certain match. It's the second to last. Or is this the last? This is the last. This is the last. Yeah, we just finished up uh, Flair and and Fully. And the next one is somebody whose career has been synonymous with Fully, even though he's several years older than Fully. And that is one uh, Terry Funk. So the no ropes barbed wire exploding C4 time bomb death match. Yep. I don't think matches get much crazier than this one. Um, I'm sure matches have gotten crazier, but maybe not in 94 when this happened. Uh, Yeah, it was certainly quite, quite unbelievable, especially knowing how old Funk still was then. Uh, Absolutely nuts. You guys should definitely watch along with us because, uh, we were definitely shocked and oh. at awe. And no lame potatoes were mentioned, but uh, there shouldn't be because these two legends put on an absolutely amazing matchup and definitely botch along with us. We would love to have you. We but, um, would absolutely love that. Yes. So stay tuned for that. But we will, for this, close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Um, thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. They really do have a Cody Rhodes spot. Huh. Okay. Okay.